Daily Illini Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Jones. Joined as always with Gabby Hajduk and our special guest today, Daily Illini staff writer and basketball beat writer, Brandon Simberg. Brandon, this this last three days you've been watching a lot of basketball. How you feeling, man? I'm, I'm not going to lie. We're recording this on Friday night, so <laughs> I'm pretty tired after three days of basketball. And uh, the game today made me tired. Like That was an exciting game, so... Yeah. But no, it's good to be back on the podcast, and I'm looking forward to talking with you guys. Was it good to see like a flip? Because like you had to watch two blowouts, and then like today, I mean, definitely thought it was going to be a closer game, but I didn't think it was going to come down to the last five seconds like that. So was it like better to see this? A hundred percent. Like especially for yeah. writing a story, I True. was I was like, <laughs> I just want like 15 good minutes of Ohio yeah. playing it close, and then Illinois can pull away, and that would be a good story. So. To get like a thrilling game in mm-hmm. game three, which which nobody expected. Right. I mean, that was awesome. So, I'm I'm not glad it was a close game, <laughs> but like for journalistic for, wise, for journalistic yeah, yeah. purposes, it's a better story. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think it's also just a reality check. I've kind of said that a few times when we were just talking, mm-hmm. but much needed reality check. I think, especially for the freshmen, yeah. you know, Miller Corvello, and even a guy like Grandison who's in his first year. So. It was, it was actually kind of exciting to have, like, a close game. Brendan and I were actually driving back to school while I was going on, so we were listening on the radio, and, like, we were both saying, we haven't listened to a sports game, like, on the radio yeah, forever. Yeah, like, I used to, like, and I was driving, getting, yeah, yeah. like, I was getting so nervous because I can't see what's going on, and I'm so just relying. Mm-hmm. Luckily, Brian Barnhart is the an goat. amazing yeah. radio play-by-play guy, so, but, no, I was getting so nervous, and then we had to do work in the car on the laptop while we're driving. It was a wild ride. Um, um, but yeah, Ohio came here today in the last day of this little MTE. Uh, Illinois won 77 to 75 on some last second heroics by DeMonte Williams, Io DeSumo, and Trent Frazier with that steal. That was an amazing steal. Um, but yeah, it was a really close game. It was nice to see that. I think the biggest problem that Illinois had was stopping, oh, I'm going to forget his first name, Preston from Jason Preston, Jason yeah. Preston uh, from Ohio. Man, he was cooking, had 31 points um, on 13 of 23 shooting, had a last second bucket with seven seconds left to put them up one or two. Um, yeah, what did, Brandon, what did you see out of him? So, going into this MTE, I knew Preston was going to be yeah. a good player. He averaged like 16 points and 7 assists last year. So, I knew he was going to be good, but still, Illinois is going to face much better guards than him throughout mm-hmm. the season, starting on Tuesday with preseason All-American Jared Butler on mm-hmm. Baylor. So, it was definitely concerning how they weren't able to limit him. And what he was so effective at and what hurt Illinois is, I think they figured out that uh, Kofi Coburn, like, he's obviously a big guy and he's great around the rim, but... They'd put him in high pick and rolls and ask him to guard on the perimeter, and Kofi would just kind of sit back and Preston from there would dice. Like he had 31 points, but he also had eight assists. So it's yeah. like when Kofi didn't show, he was gonna hit a little floater uh, in the middle of the paint, and when Kofi did, Preston was amazing at just dropping off lob passes to the big. So and that's something Brad Underwood talked about after the game. He said he was disappointed with his team's pick and roll coverage, and now they have a few days and some film to look at, but. I think Preston exposed a weakness in Illinois in their ability to stop a lead guard and contain the pick and roll. How much of a problem do you think that's going to be? As you said, we're already going to face uh, better guards when you go Jared Butler in in, in um, Baylor that we're going to see next week. Uh, Kofi, who is great in the paint defensively, so hard to score on, but when he gets switched onto that pick and roll into a guard is a real liability. How much do you think other teams now that they have 
a game like this to scout that are going to try to isolate him as much as possible. Oh, 100%. Like, that was a clear weakness that Illinois had today. And I guess the good thing is that the Big Ten is still more of a a big man league and not like a guard-dominant league. So they won't face a ton of guards that can really expose Coburn in that way like um, Preston did. Mm -hmm. But that's definitely an issue that they're going to work out in film and practice this week, I assume. I would be... I bet they would maybe try a different kind of coverage. Like, they just had... When Kofi's man set the pick and roll, he just kind of sat back in the pain and spread yeah, his arms and, like, hoped yeah. to make a deflection. So maybe they have him play higher up and then show and try to recover or have, like, a, a help side defender drop in. So Underwood's a good coach, and I know they're going to look at this film and make adjustments, but if they don't, I could definitely see teams uh, trying to expose that more. I think the way I look at it, and you guys have both kind of brought it up it's kind of a good and bad thing that it happened today it's good because it happened early and they got the win even though it was kind of a mess on that pick and roll situation and now they have something to look at and be like okay we have to improve on this because the first two games were blowouts I mean you can always improve you could always find things in film that can be better obviously turnovers were a problem kind of throughout the tournament and free throw percentage wasn't Mm -hmm. great but you found a real hole in your team which is this pick and roll defense with Kofi and now you can look at that in film you have time before Big Ten season obviously it'd be great to come away with a win at Baylor or Duke but I wouldn't necessarily say you're expecting that by any means but you need to improve that for Big Ten play so just to kind of get that exposed early in the season and again still get in that win column off of it I think is just huge so now they have something to look at and work on. The negative thing is, though, Brandon, you said it, and Brendan, you guys both kind of alluded to it. Now teams know what the weakness is. Now, mm-hmm. really early in your season, you have exposed your biggest weakness and how you can get around Kofi Coburn in the paint. And that's huge because teams struggled with that last year. Again, Brandon, like you said, it won't be a huge problem in the Big Ten, but if Illinois gets to where we think they're going to get in the NCAA tournament this year. They're going to get far. If they're going to get to that Final Four, even like championship spot, mm-hmm. you're most likely not facing a Big Ten team. You're going to yeah. face a team who can beat you on that pick-and-roll situation. So, I don't know. It's If they can't improve this throughout the year, I think it's going to be a struggle. But you have to assume Underwood's going to look, in this, look yeah. at this and be like, we're going to hammer this in practice the next however many weeks it takes. But even in the Big Ten, I look at Iowa and yeah. I look at Luca Garza, who just dropped 41 today. like 36 in the first half. Right, 36 in the first insane. half. Wasn't he like 12-12? Something like that. 11. 12, 12 free yeah. throws. Like. He's insane. And he obviously wants, it's his senior season last season. Yeah. He almost declared for the draft last year. Saw a whole bunch of people come back from the Big Ten. He obviously wants to be in the NBA. He wants to show how well he can shoot. And he can shoot. And uh, in those times that Iowa played Illinois last year, Luka Garza was really able to take advantage mm-hmm. of either, you know, getting switched on maybe Georgie, who he has a little bit of uh, weight and size advantage on. Or if Kofi tried to step out on three, mm-hmm. Luka was shooting that all the time, right? And it kind of scares me that, you know, you know, Kofi Coburn's second year in the Big Ten has not really – you know, develop that perimeter defense like you'd want him to. Still has a long way to go. This is still only the third game. Um, but it's just something to look at, you know, in terms of, yes, like especially in the tournament, in the NCAA tournament, you're going to see a te- teams with different play styles than you see in the Big Ten. But even in the Big Ten, it's not it's not like you're just going to, you know, Kofi's going to be able to stay in the paint all, all day. You have, you know, developing talent. 100%. And that's why I think these next two matchups are super important, obviously for this team. But for him, 
they play Baylor with an elite pick and roll guard in Jared Butler, and then they play Duke, who has a really good shooting center in Matthew Hurt. So he's going to be exposed to two mm-hmm. situations where he's going to have to guard in the perimeter. And I guess the one thing that was a little discouraging is that uh, Georgie Bashanasvili wasn't much better at it mm-hmm. either. Like he's supposed to be the more he's supposed to be the quicker center, the more nimble like center, agile. Yeah. And he also like Preston saw him in the pick and roll and said, "Okay, let's run that back." Mm-hmm. Same thing. Um, like I kind of wanted them to actually play Jacob Grandison at center and play super small, but they would like that hurts their rebounding. Mm-hmm. Um, Coleman Hawkins is a guy who could maybe get there, but. He was pretty underwhelming this Yeah, year. I feel like not this season. Yeah, like I think he has the potential to be a he really good... He needs to put on a little weight. ...switchy like, mm-hmm. center like that, but he showed this week that he's not quite ready for the big time. So Illinois definitely has some problems at defending the pick and roll yeah. and um, bigs that can shoot. So we'll see how they deal with that going forward. Definitely saw some problems um, facing Ohio today, but something that you... Saw that was really good. That was kind of building off of last year. Is this team still is really good um, at the end of game situations? And not only was it Io uh, saving the day, he had that three to tie it up. Um, Demonte Williams made a huge three. Uh, you know, Trent Frazier had that steal and that last free throw to kind of seal it. And Io made those two free throws. So it's nice to see that. You know, even when they're facing a, a opponent that's not as good as them, even when it comes down to the situation, they're not gonna they're not gonna quit. Everybody in that team is is very you know focused and is willing to make those plays because last year you really had to rely on Io, but you know they're gonna try to they know how good Io is in the mm-hmm. clutch, so they're gonna try to isolate him and, and and make him use or make him go to his weaknesses. So it was nice to see Demonte Williams hit that three. You know, it was nice to see Trent Frazier step up on defense like he's done the last two years, um, but. Outside of this this game, the the entire three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, what's one player that you guys saw and was like, that's what Illinois needs more of? I'll, I'll say the obvious. Go ahead. Adam Miller. Um, bucket. He's a bucket. He's insane. I think him and Io are just so fun to watch. And they both can – and this is – obviously bigger for Io because Io hasn't had this before. We kind of knew coming in, Miller was going to have his shot, have his jump shot. Mm -hmm. You know, from behind the arc, he was going to be able to drain it. But Io has really improved his shot. And that was the big thing holding him back from the NBA these past couple years is he's not consistent. He's not consistent. He has a better mid-range shot, but he was never consistent from the three. He's gotten that down. At least we think, obviously, it's beginning of the season. You know, you can't put too much stock into these three games but both of these guys can score whenever wherever they want and it's just so exciting to watch like both of them are so just quick to the hoop obviously I was a little quicker than Adam when it comes to driving but then you know Adam can hit it from anywhere behind the arc he's so consistent mm-hmm. um and I think the biggest thing is when they're both on the court together which they are most of the time you have to you have to pick who you really want to focus on because you look at a team and like a Trent or a DeMonte for Illinois, you have that one guy who's just a lockdown defender. Yeah. You have to now choose. Do you want to put him on Io or Adam? Obviously, I'd still pick Io just because he's more proven and everything. But you have to look at Adam as a legit scoring threat near Io's level at this point. He can really do whatever he wants. He's a lefty, but... We saw him so many times this week. Go to his right side. He looks so comfortable. I think something Io can still improve on is going to his left side, his mm-hmm. weak side. Mm-hmm. But both of them can just kill you from anywhere on the court. And so it just makes the defense struggle. To Where are you going to help? Who are you going to put the most pressure on? 
who are you trying to, you know, double team if you're playing that type of defense? So that's where I think Adam Miller just brings a whole new level to Illinois because last year, obviously you had Trent who's when he's hot, he's hot. Like you cannot stop this dude. Yeah, you saw that in But he was he was streaky last year yeah. even. Mm-hmm. It looks to be streaky still this year. Feliz was a pretty decent scorer, but he didn't have much of a shot. Adam almost helps Io even more, helps him get open more, and Io just has a consistent threat now to kick out to, and, and the, that's huge. The two things about those guys that I really like seeing is they don't get in each other's way on offense, no. right? Both of them can get their own shot comfortably, and it doesn't mess up the offensive rhythm, which is going to be super important as Miller still develops. Obviously, he had crazy scoring numbers against the first two NCAA in Chicago State. A little held back shot, not that well today against Ohio, but the whole team didn't shoot. I will well. say though, one thing that impressed me about Adam today, because I mean, in all honesty, they played two pretty terrible opponents in the first yeah. two games, and I was like, okay, Adam, you can make open shots. Yeah. Right, right. And even in a game like today, where his shot wasn't falling, he did make a three. Mm-hmm. He was being more closely guarded. He still had eleven points. Yeah. He showed his scoring versatility mm-hmm. and his ability to like, oh, get to the rim and get to the free throw line, or hit a one-dribble pull-up when the defense runs you off yeah. the three-point line. So that's what impressed me about Adam. I was like, okay, I've seen you hit open shots. Now what? And to yeah. your point, like Adam could get his own shot today. And the other thing that impresses me is that you said how well they work together. When Io is more of like an inside-first-out player, Adam's kind of the opposite, where he can get his shot in, or outside, so you really have to guard him, but then he can punish you on the mm-hmm. inside. The layups that he was hitting, man, he is yeah. he's nice with it. He's smooth with it. So it's like really nice to see... Um, that you have two guards who look to be really elite, and, and they you can really have them balance in each other out, kind of like you were saying. And also, like the they fact, have that opposite effect, and it works so well. And I'm very happy also that this was a starting lineup for the first three mm-hmm. games because this is a starting lineup I thought that was going to be out there maybe in, when the Big Mid-season, Ten season started. Yeah. But the fact that Brad was comfortable to have them out there the first three games shows me that two things. Adam Miller is a lot better than we thought he was going to be at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Brad trusts him. Two, it shows me that Brad thinks that Trent is so good defensively that it's not going to be a liability to have three small or four smaller guys out there with Delonte yeah. too. So it's mm-hmm. really impressive to see. Um, we know how deep this team is, but it's also – or with scoring now that Adam Miller is there, but it's also nice to see um, the fact that defensively they're so good. Can I, can I talk about one more guy yeah, yeah, impressing this week? So – we all remember last January, February, when DeMonte Williams could not make yes, a shot to yeah. save his life. Um, and this week, DeMonte Williams, 6 for 9 from 3. Yeah, for real. And he had a massive shot, like you said, in today's game. So his if he can be a consistent shooter, then he can be on the court way more because you don't have to do like this offense-defense thing yeah. with him. Brad Underwood felt comfortable with him today in the end of the game for offense. And it paid off, and he had a huge 3. And DeMonte was a capable shooter as a freshman, and... You saw him play in high school. He was a capable shooter, so it's good to see him get that stroke back because he's Illinois' most versatile defender. You know, he can guard the four. And after seeing him this weekend, I actually think he's like their third best player. Like if you said, yeah, if you said, hey, you can only keep three players in Illinois, and the rest are going to be in some like the rest can be picked (laughs) picked off by other teams. teams, I'm saving Io. I'm saving Kofi. And I'm I'm saving Devontae. I'm saving Devontae. because you want him out there. And that's the thing I wrote about it. I talked about it last week with Nathan before the season started um, on the radio show is I think Devontae is going to surprise us because how well he was shooting at the end of last season, if he can carry that up, like like you said, they're not going to have to take him out um, on offense because he won't be a liability. That that whole play 
um, that when he put he put the team up one, you know, Trent pump faked it and got pressed it in the air and then saw him right in the corner. He was wide open because people, you know, assume he just can't shoot like that. And if he shoots like that, like, one, Kofi's going to have way more one-on-ones in the paint. Mm-hmm. Two, when people like Adam Miller or Io drive, you can't really help on that because DeMonte's going to be right there. And if he's a good enough shooter, like, you can't leave him. So him being that good and being able to stretch the floor is just going to mean so much for this offense. Um, which we've seen stagnation in different times. And if he's able to shoot that, it's going to be, you know, so tough to stop. Um, I think, um, Brandon, you mentioned just Underwood trusting him enough on offense. I think the bigger thing is his teammates trusting him. And I think Io has talked about it over the last year or so, how he has the trust in DeMonte. I know he talked about it today, but there was a game back in, like, 2019 where Io had a quote and he was just like, uh, like just raving about how mm-hmm. good DeMonte is on offense, but like sometimes he just doesn't take the shot and sometimes he's hesitant. And, you know, Brad even said last year after the Penn State game, we were just looking at that, that he puts up and hits as many shots in practice as anybody else. So, but I think the fact that all these players today had the confidence for, you know, the play to kind of run its course uh, at the end of the game and then Trent to go in, kick that out to DeMonte. I don't know if that trust would have been there like his sophomore year or yeah. even the beginning of last year. And so I think the trust that has leveled up with him on offense, on the court, obviously it's great that Underwood trusts him. I think Delonte has to be Underwood's best player. I mean, I feel like he just embodies like what Underwood wants, mm-hmm. uh, especially on the defensive end. I mean, he's just ridiculous. But the fact that his teammates are trusting him to make that end-of-the-game shot when in reality you want that in Iowa's hands, it didn't work. So you get it to Monte, you still feel great about it. I think that's just huge going forward. You know, Brendan, you kind of just said, like, all these guys, you know, it, even Trent has shown, but Adam and Io, they can drive in, really open up mm-hmm. the arc. And then if you can kick that to Tamonte and feel good about that, that's going to be really hard to stop. If you have that many guys who can score and that many guys who can make you move your defensive round and leave open holes, you have to hold – every defender accountable on that floor now. Yeah, for real. I and mean, we just talked a lot about DeMonte shooting, but if you want to read about it this week, Brendan's going to have a little <laughs> I feature. I love it. Brendan's going to have a little feature on the website, so I if you want to read it. more about it with some quotes, definitely check out Brendan's piece this week on our website. Brandon Pluggy be on my own show. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that'll be up on the DI website probably tomorrow, tomorrow at the yeah. latest. Um, you can read that before you hit or watch the football game tomorrow. Watch Ohio State come through. But – yeah, I think the the player that uh the player that surprised me most it was gonna be Demonte, but I I want to shout out your guy Andre Cabello. I know how how much you love him. Um, he I was a little disappointed in him. So you I'll, were I actually I'll you. here's what because I there are things I expected right. He's gonna have silly turnovers. He's the he's the guy that you bring in because you know when um when Io's gone and when maybe. Uh, Adam Miller's gone. You want him to be running your offense and maybe getting in on some of these really good wing players so that, you know, uh, Andre Cabello can can facilitate with that. Maybe you still have some good big men, right? He's going to make silly turnovers. But the plays that he made, when he when he understands how fast the game actually moves and when he understands, you know, all the nuances of the Big Ten game and the college game um, in general, the passes that he made already, like, mm-hmm. show me how good he – there was one time where I think um, – or Chicago State, right? They were driving him and Kofi, and somebody got fouled, so it didn't count. But like, there's like a no look lob, and Kofi catches and slams it, or um, 
even even not even just his passes, but how he moved on the offensive end, like in transition, he's so hard to stop because yeah, he's, he's so skinny, so he's so fast, he's so small. So it's he's hard like, to get him. He's getting in transition, weaves everybody. through. There's a lot of plays where you really I my favorite thing about a point guard is when they're under the basket and they still don't shoot and they're still like looking to facilitate. Like, like that's Steve, when, like Steve Nash. Like Steve Nash has done it a bunch, Kyle Lowry does it a bunch. It's like one of my favorite things to watch because it's like a point guard like traditionally is who's always looking for other people to score. And you saw uh, Andre Cabello do that a lot, but you also saw him like kind of fake it, put it back up. Like nobody really knows what he's gonna do. Also, he pulled out a dunk. I didn't think he could do it. That was yeah, amazing. That's I saw so it on impressive. TV. I was like, wow, making me feel bad because uh, I had never been able to dunk. But <laughs> no, it's just nice to see. I'm very, I'm very su- not surprised at his passing, but surprised that he's able to score like that because you know how good he was in high school. But also, like high school is a whole different talent level. So you're you're glad to see that he can still score on D1 players like that as he gets stronger, as he gets quicker, smarter. He's going to be, I think, a dangerous guy that Illinois is going to have for the next three years. I want to say something about Curbelo. And I think, Brandon, you were much higher on Curbelo. I was probably too high. Then I, think, I don't is, think you're too high. I, I, I like think you're too high too early. I think so, too. That's the thing. I think Adam Miller came out and just had this crazy freshman debut. I didn't expect him to do that either. I don't think a lot of people expected that from him. Obviously, he's very highly recruited, very highly rated, but freshmen usually just don't come in and go crazy. Mm-hmm. Andre Corbello looked like a real freshman out there, a real talented freshman. Yeah. Brendan, you said it. Freshmen make mistakes. They make turnovers. Mm-hmm. you got to live with that. But to get him this many minutes in the first three games where – even if he makes a couple mistakes, Illinois can still pull out the win. They're mm-hmm. not like game costing mistakes in the first three games. You get out those first like freshman jitters. Now he's gonna look better when it comes Big Ten season time. I think the thing with Curbelo is he as great of a passer and facilitator is, he can really find the basket in really crafty ways. Like I think I forget what game it was, if it was the first or the second game. But he had that like crazy reversal, like he faked one way and like reversed yeah. it under the hoop. Yeah. I was like staring at my TV in <laughs> awe. Because I was like, that was the most beautiful layup I've ever seen. And I've seen Io's layups, Adam's layups. Now like it was just beautiful. He's so just like graceful. Agile and yeah. graceful. Graceful is the perfect word. And I think I think the first couple games or just this this whole week he moves a little quick sometimes. Mm-hmm. I feel like his body's moving faster than his brain sometimes. He's very quick. That'll even out as he, you know, progresses. I also think coming from out in New York, right? Yeah, He's in New York. York. Yeah. He was the star out there. I mean, he could do whatever he wanted. It's not the case when you get to college basketball. Mm-hmm. Everybody's good. Even a team like Ohio, who isn't even a Power 5 team, they're still really good. I mean, the D1 level, especially that conference, is so elite still. I feel like he was doing uh, doing things a little too, like, fancy. Like, he was trying to be a little too, like, yeah. you know, cool with it and, like, fancy and just... Things he could get away with in, in high, high school. school. Right. And that's great. And maybe he'll probably be able to do those in college in a year or two. Mm-hmm. Not your first couple games. And I think he just <laughs> had to learn that. You, you don't learn things by, like, you have to learn it through experience. And I think that's the thing with Curbelo is he's just going to learn with experience and... When he's a so- late sophomore year, early junior year, that man's going to be the most dangerous man on the court and one of the most dangerous guys in the Big Ten, probably the most dangerous point guard. He's scary. Definitely. He's scary. I'm he's ex- good. I'm excited for it because, like you said, all those things, um, when he develops, I think he's going to be a really good player. He does need to put on a little more weight. 
Yeah, but he's but that's the thing is like he's only what eighteen, and he already has like if you if you read my story yeah. on uh, Andre coming in, he already has put on yeah. some weight. So right. he was just like little, there. and because like, I think even it's just I, Adam like, looks big. Yeah. Adam Adam has a bigger stature to begin with, but even with. Adam could put on more weight. He could. So it's it's gonna be nice to see these guys. I don't know how long Adam's gonna be here. Probably two years max. I max. think he looks nice, but. Um, Andre Cabello, if he's here all four years, right? Even next year, like you're assuming Io's not going to be here. Mm-hmm. You have a backcourt of Io and, and Adam Miller. I mean, of uh, Andre Cabello and Adam Miller. It's it's it's, it's looking nice for the future for um, Illinois, which is really good to see because I know about that three three years ago yeah. when I first got here. <laughs> um, but first three games are done. These are you know games not against Power Five. You have. In the next game, you have Baylor, you got Duke, you got Missouri, who's always a hard game. Then you really start the Big Ten season. Looking at these three games, obviously a lot, a lot of you know offensive showcase for Illinois. Um, good defense at some games. What do they need to improve on to stay consistent and to really compete with you know the Baylors, the Dukes, um, the Wisconsin's, the Iowas to you know keep that top ten throughout the season and move up um, and be you know real competitive when it comes to March. I'm going to say something small mm-hmm. because okay. I think this is super important to me. And I talk about this all the time. Free throws. Yeah. They yeah. shot under 70% as a team on free throws this week. That's unacceptable. I mean, it's not bad. It's not horrible. But it's... But elite elite eight teams don't yeah, do that. Don't. Virginia, Wisconsin, those teams you don't, don't do that. that. I think what... I'm, Adam Miller shot well. Um, Kofi was 68%. Corbello was 60. He only had three attempts, though. Trent was 62%. Trent was probably the worst, um, just like consistently. Georgie was only one of four. Kofi was six. I already said Kofi was 68. Um, Iowa was 76, so better. But that needs to be like close to 80 for me Mm -hmm. to feel really confident. And I... Those are free points. Like, yeah. and everybody always says that. I mean, that's like the most cliche to say. It's like free throws are free points. But when you're in tight games, when you're trying to beat a Baylor, you're trying to beat a Duke, you're trying to upset whoever, you're trying to beat Iowa later in the season, those free points make all the difference. Well, and even, Underwood has hit on, I mean, even today. Even today, yeah. There could have been a big difference, but Underwood hits on that. I feel like every time they have a bad free throw shooting game he talks about it in the press conference and it's one of I think the things he hates the most along with like turnovers and mm-hmm. not hustling for the ball but an elite team a final four a national championship team whatever you're not you're not gonna get there without making the easy shots it's like you know like hitting the wide open jump shot like so I think I hope Underwood is making them shoot however many free throws <laughs> in practice this week, among other things they have to work on. But to me, that's just a key for the entire season. But I think just if you want to hang around in these really hard games, you have yeah. you can't be missing out on those opportunities. So I will get into my biggest concern in a second. Okay. I just wanted to say, as the Wisconsin believer in this newspaper, <laughs> um, they're currently beating Arkansas Pine Bluff 25 to nothing. In basketball, Arkansas <laughs> Pine Bluff hasn't scored in nine and a half minutes. I just want where to is Pine there. Bluff? Um, no disrespect to our Arkansas it, listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ar- Arkansas is zero for nine with five turnovers. That's Arkansas tough. Pine Bluff. So I just want to throw that out there because um, I'm a Wisconsin hater and yes. Brandon isn't. Yes, um, but all right. Back to Illinois. <laughs> um, 
My biggest concern this weekend was, or this week, I keep saying weekend. Yeah, it what, feels like a weekend thing, doesn't yeah. it? I almost said that too. Yeah. Um, was the turnovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they emphasized they wanted to play faster. So they actually, I don't know the exact numbers, but they definitely had more possessions mm-hmm. than they did uh, average per game last year. But still, they had 15 against A&T, 18 turnovers against Chicago State. Ooh. That's probably the most turnovers Chicago State has ever forced. If you guys ever <laughs> to play. Like, they, like, they might hang a banner for that. Um, and then... Then they had four or sorry, sixteen today against Ohio, and some of them just come from playing fast and yeah. things like that. But they talked about how some of those tur- Io and Underwood talked about how some of those turnovers were uncharacteristic and sloppy. And like we said, you can get away with that in these three mm-hmm. games. But Baylor is a team that is elite defensively, like top six in Ken Palm mm-hmm. on adjusted yeah. defensive efficiency. Duke is a team that thrives in transition, so if you're just going to give them the ball. They are going to score on you. They're going to kill you, So yeah. it's turnovers for me. And it's not like it's not one particular guy. I mean, Curbelo did have like eight and three games, which, is, which isn't great for how much yeah. he played. Io had three today, but he has the ball so much. Uh, the one guy who needs to stop turning the ball over, though, the most, I think, is Kofi oh, Coburn. He had him and Curbelo. I was looking at the stats earlier. Yeah. They tied for a team-high 10 turnovers And each. at least Curbelo has seven assists. And Co- Curbelo <laughs> has a pass because he's a freshman. Kofi having 10 turnovers, Underwood even said that on the his like radio interview. Mm-hmm. He said he was like disappointed in Kofi, how Kofi played with his turnovers today. What, how many assists do you think Kofi has to go with his 10 turnovers? One. Yes. He has one. He, he has one assist. That's such a bad and that's ratio. The thing. To 10 turnovers. And that's my thing. I'll go more in depth because my thing is also turnovers. But it's like, you're a big guy, right? You, like, you'd have to imagine you're 7 foot and you're that big, like... The, the ball is just like this, like a Nerf ball in your hands. Like, you got to hold on to that. But if you can't, which is fair because it's very good defensive teams swatting at the ball all the time, you got to find somebody, right? Yeah. We talked about how this team, you feel comfortable with four guys now on the court. If it Like, if you're in the starting line of four guys, Io, Trent, um, Adam Miller, and now Demonte Williams, um, being able to shoot the three, you got to look up and find mm-hmm. somebody. You can't, like, I understand how dominant you are if, if you're 7'1", 280-something. But, and like, you just want to put, it, just up, wanna put it and dunk it every time. Like, I would want to do that, too. But, like, really good teams. these are good defensive teams. We saw this last year a lot. Um, Kofi not being able to hold on to the ball, that's a huge thing. And not only Kofi, it's Georgie, too. Yeah. And Georgie's a, a lot better passer than Kofi. He looks... But sometimes he takes risks with those passes. Mm-hmm. He does. He wants to be a little fancy because he can be, and sometimes you don't get away with it. That's a big thing, um, not only just the turnovers, but the points off turnovers, right? Uh, today, Ohio had 21 points off um, – how many turnovers was it today? 16? Yeah. So that's just – I mean, those are easy fast-break points when, when you're just you know, in your half-court set and Kofi has a ball and, and, and lets it go, or Georgie has a ball and lets it go. Um, those are easy fast-break points that Ohio got out and got – um, and, and that's hard to defend against, and that's a huge reason why, you know, they were able to come back. They didn't go away when Illinois was up, you know, nine or uh, in, in the, that time in the second half. It's it's tough, and it's something that, you know, you can survive with Ohio with a little bit of late-game heroics, but even, like Brandon said, against Chicago State having 18 turnovers, that's just reckless. You're up, yeah. like, you're up 50 points, and, you, you know, you're trying to be, like, too nice with, with, with it, and, and you, you – you do turnovers, that's not going to fly this next week when you have tough teams. That's not going to fly later in the schedule when you have, like, Wisconsin twice and Iowa all in the same five-game stretch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, this is a team that wants to be there, wants to be there at the end in March and wants to be in the, you know, Final Four National Championship. You can't lose a lot of games, right? Um, so it's going to be huge. Turnovers are a huge thing. 
Um, they need to figure that out. I mean, when we're driving home on I-94 South, going back to the city, mm-hmm. I don't know what western highway you go on. <laughs> but um, when Brent and I are going back on I-94 yeah. South, and we pass Chicago State on like 60-something, yeah. mm-hmm. we might see like a billboard that says... <laughs> That's how happy they are. <laughs> made Illinois turn the ball over 18 times. We might see a billboard. Yo, so, you know it's what? Gonna and go I'll put it up gym. for them. I will it. go install the billboard for them because it's... I mean, I don't... I don't want to trash Illinois by any means because they played a great tournament, but that's pathetic. That, that's that's pathetic. one part of their game and that they need to fix. I think that falls back on Kofi for the most part. Brendan, you had a hit on it. Chicago <laughs> State like ripped the ball from his hands multiple times. And that's a game that you think, and I think this is why I think it's it's like that, that they were so good at that, is because you look at Chicago State and there's not a lot of guys with the size that Kobe has. There's not a lot of humans, period, with the size yeah. that Kobe has. But you look at that basketball team, you're like, oh, Kobe's like, oh, man, like I'm going to get my stuff today. Um, not that he struggled in the first game, but he, no. did, he didn't get going. He didn't put up maybe the points he wanted to. You saw him at the end of the game running suicides and stuff. Like, yeah. Um, you look at that game and maybe he was just trying to do too much. And mm-hmm. I, I understand like it's a game that everybody wants their points in because it's like, you know, it is what it is at Chicago yeah. State. But I just hope that's not the, the same yeah. thing when you go against the Wisconsin's and the Iowa's and the Ohio State's. It's just, it is a little concerning. I know we kind of talked about this before we even started the podcast, but Kofi's still a great big. He's still a mm-hmm. great player in the Big Ten. I think we've all kind of agreed he doesn't look like he's improved much. Yeah. And I think that's kind of startling considering he got advice from NBA scouts mm-hmm. on what he should be improving on, why he wasn't probably going to get selected in the draft this year. And we're seeing little improvement. Again, I don't want to like say, oh my God, it's the NLB all for Kofi, like whatever, because we're three games into the season. And I think Kofi – even struggled in the beginning of last season playing against kind of worse teams. I think he picked it up once the level of competition got better. So I, I'm interested to see how he plays against better teams. But he's, he's struggled. I mean, he doesn't look any better to me. I think the biggest thing that I wanted to see improve was his like court vision when he's down low mm-hmm. and they crash on him. Can he get the ball outside? Because they're shooters. They're there's an offense that can shoot the ball and consistently make shots now. You don't necessarily have that consistently last year, I think. Um, obviously, you know if you get the ball in Iowa's hands, he has the ability to do something wherever. But now you really have the ability to punish defenses if you leave anybody open around the perimeter. Mm-hmm. I feel like that should have been hammered on in practice. Maybe it has been, and he just hasn't improved. Maybe it hasn't been. I don't know, but... I need to see that, like, just individual improvement. I need to see that out of Kofi if I think this team's, like, a real, like, deep into the tournament team. 100%. And I think that's just, like, natural basketball IQ and basketball feel and being able yeah. to rec- like being able to recognize there's a, a weak side defender on me. I'm going to have a shooter in the corner. Yeah. And, like, I just hoped with over time he would, after playing a full season, he would, mm-hmm. like, pick that up. But he really hasn't. And I, I don't think his offensive repertoire – got much better he's his yeah. go-to move is still catch the ball one like <laughs> yeah. one dribble go over one shoulder and go up with his right hand yeah. and he, d- he lacks touch too it's go mm-hmm. up with his right hand and yeah that ball is kind of hard off the backboard like and then he does a good job of following his own miss and all that but yeah. his touch hasn't really improved and i'm not sure he pump faked once in three games like i yeah. want to see his footwork and touch improve around the rim and that's the thing it's it's 
I don't know if Kofi will ever be a good shooter. I feel like if he was, he'd be maybe unstoppable. But it, it, I don't know if his body will let him. I don't. Yeah. He might have gotten to the game too late to just ever be a great shooter. But if you're gonna be that big and you're gonna be in the paint and you want to play in the next level, of course, as Kofi does, as a lot of these guys do, you can't just have one move, right? This isn't the 1980s. You got to figure something out where you know you're pivoting, you're pump faking, mm-hmm. you're you know you're drop stepping, you're something to figure out, you know, how to get open because while you can take advantage of some of these, you know, maybe six, nine smaller, smaller guys that you see in college basketball, if you want to make it to the next level, you're going to have something else. And, you know, it, it would just, I would love for Kobe to have a hook shot that doesn't, as Brenda said, just bounce off the, yeah. the backboard, you know, and I think he'll get it. It's tough because, you know, he's still kind of new to the sport. What is it? Six years. Yeah. I we mean, heard he a lot last year. Playing and soccer where all these other guys grew up playing, playing basketball. basketball. I mean, I don't think his basketball IQ is fully developed yet, and that's okay. I mean, I think he wants to get out of college as soon as he can. I think Mm. he has his eyes set on the NBA, but personally, I don't think, like, more time in college would hurt Kofi because you learn more at the college level, and especially with a coach like Brad Underwood, a coach like Antigua, a strength coach like Fletcher, I mean, I think they could really help him. I don't see Kofi really staying another year. I mean, I think he should. I, I don't think, think if, if you watch those three games today, he is nowhere near NBA. And this level. is no. the these but, are the three games you're also like, all right, show what you got. And like he had three double doubles, but yeah, if you actually if you watch the games, if you're if you watch it with your eyes, you're like that guy is not. An NBA he had player. three double doubles because he outsized everybody on the court. Exactly, all three. And games. he's gonna do that for a lot of the year, but it's like we wanted to see him get double doubles and twenty point games. Not just because he's big, but because, because he he he's improved. Beat people yeah. with skill. And I think, I mean, obviously I want him to say he's a great player. He's somebody yeah. that's going to you know win you a lot of games because of his defense and because of what he can do around the rim. Um, but I, like you said, it doesn't hurt to have you know this great coaching staff that's going to be around for as long as he's in college. It doesn't hurt being a part of a, a program that looks to be um, good and at least in the top tier of the Big Ten for a few years with you know how good their players are. Um, and it doesn't hurt to get that national attention, right? So mm-hmm. he's a little bit older. I think he's, what, 21 or 22? Probably 21 as a sophomore. I think, but I think he's a 21-year-old sophomore. So he's like a year older than what, you know, normally, you know, a sophomore would be. Yeah. But I don't think it'll hurt him to stay in the league. He's going to be that big forever. Um, if he <laughs> if he gets that touch, somebody's going to take a chance. Oops, sorry. Somebody's going to take a chance on him and it'll be whatever. But I also get the desire to leave college if, yeah. if what you want to do is – NBA basketball, but I mean, yeah, I mean, if somebody <laughs> yeah. offered you a lot of money to play basketball, I would go somewhere. play basketball. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so this next week, what is it? Three games in this next week? Uh, in just Indy? Baylor on. It's Baylor on Wednesday this week, mm-hmm. and then they're actually then they have six days off and play Duke the following off. Tuesday. All right, so let's hit this prediction against Baylor real quick. Still number two in the country, right? Yeah, they haven't. They, Baylor hasn't played yet. Oh really? Um, they're supposed to be in the Mohegan Sun tournament oh, and play yeah. and play Arizona State, but and then the winner would play Villanova. But Baylor's head coach Scott Drew got yeah. COVID, so but they actually are playing uh, Saturday and Sunday. Okay. So they're gonna have two games before they play Louisiana Lafayette. I want to say on okay. Saturday, and they play Washington on Sunday. Who they're not okay. great, but that but is a, a, yeah, it's a good that's a power yeah, conference yeah, yeah, team. Yeah. yeah. So Baylor will have two games under their belt. Um, and Scott Drew will be back. Scott Drew won't coach this weekend, but he will be back, back for Wednesday. For oh, Indianapolis, yeah. So Thursday morning, are we four and zero, or are they three and one? I think they're three and one. Mm-hmm. I mean, Baylor brings a lot of guys back. They have a lot of continuity. They're the number two team for a reason. And I mean, I was pretty discouraged after what. I, even though they beat 
two teams by 60 points, which as bad as those teams were winning by 60 it's, in the it's, yeah. yeah. But I was discouraged when I saw today. I think like this was this was my problem with this team coming in and my problem last year is inconsistency. Yep. And I expected that to happen in the middle of the Big Ten, but I didn't expect that in Game 3. So my problem with this team is inconsistency. But even if they play a good game, I just think top to bottom, Baylor has more talent. They have really good players. They're really well coached. And... I think Illinois will compete, but I got Baylor pulling out the, the dub on Wednesday. Yeah, I, I also think it's going to be a good game. Uh, I think Illinois will hang around for a while. I feel like it. they might pull away in the last, like... Illinois, Baylor. Baylor. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going, we're going to be 3-1 after this game. And I think that's okay, mm-hmm. as long as they play competitively. I don't, I don't see many people expecting Illinois to win this game, but I do expect good competition, at least through... 35 minutes, yeah. I would say. Mm-hmm. Because this is an Illinois podcast, I'm going to be on the Illinois side. I feel like it's a great game uh, for most of the game, and then it comes down to what we saw today, some some late-game heroics from none other than Iota Sumu. Um, maybe DeMonte gets another three in there, buff my story up a little bit. But, yeah, I don't know. I think Illinois has a good shot. I think they're very talented. I think they're very deep. Um, and this is the type of game you want to see early on, right? Like you want to see two of the top teams in the nation really go at it to see how good college basketball is. And that's the chance you're going to see with Baylor. And then the week after that, you're going to see that with Duke. And even in the rivalry game against Missouri, which is always a good game, you're going to mm-hmm. see that. So it's exciting to see. Um, I can't wait to watch that game. So you're, so you're going to Illinois? I'm going to Illinois 4-0. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had to. Someone's going to mix it up. I mean, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. how many times have you watched Sunday Night Football and everyone picks the Every, same Right, yeah, exactly. And, and, and then they lose. And they lose, And, then, exactly. and so the guy who goes, um, Jared Butler might make you pay, but uh, <laughs> yeah. can I ask you guys a question? Yes, I think do. I think coming into the season, you were both higher on this team than I was. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. You thought they had Final Four potential, and yeah. I didn't really. Okay. And so does today change anything for you? Um, yes and no. I think it makes me a little less confident, more so in the paint play, I think, and the paint (laughs) defense. Um, Really just the inside presence as a whole, I feel a little shaky about. But kind of like I said earlier, I think Kofi got better with better competition last year. And I hope to see that again. And I think we will see that again. I think the big thing is just Underwood getting in there and telling Kofi what he did wrong and Kofi fixing it. I think that's just what needs to happen. We talked about it. Kofi doesn't have the best YQ that he needs to have to excel right now just because he hasn't been Mm -hmm. in the game right now. But Underwood does, obviously. His teammates do. And I think if, you know, they just point to him, this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you need to fix. That's what makes me feel a little better. We're really early on in the season. We saw what happened. With Illinois early last year, I I wouldn't say I feel better, but I don't feel worse. I'm kind of okay. I wanted to You're, feel better after these first three games, so I am disappointed in that. I'm probably at the same level. So you're not overreacting, which is no, which is I'm good. not. But I'm also not underreacting and saying like, oh yeah, they put up, they beat these teams by sixty. Yeah, yeah. they're going to championship. Well, not at all. People were like. Oh, like why is the spread only sixteen and a half? Like it should be fifty on Twitter. And I'm like, guys, you gotta realize yeah. like, that was also Vegas is very good at stuff like that. Like yeah. Vegas news, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a red flag. <laughs> and um, it was, I mean, it's the third game, and Ohio came in with crazy energy. They right. wanted no, to exactly. win, like they wanted to be three zero. And you know, I'm I'm not that concerned. I think you just have to take that and learn from it and move on. That's the only thing you can do. I'm not concerned with how high I was because I do think this can be a Final Four team. Yeah. Um, and I think that 
if things go right, obviously March is so crazy, but if things go right, they could, you know, end up in the, in the championship. Um, but I'm not concerned because in the first two games, the effort that I saw them, you know, play with mm-hmm. when they were up 40, 50, 60, um, is the effort you want to see, right? And obviously they played so hard those first two games and they came out flat, flat against yeah. Ohio. And that happens it, to a it, lot of teams. Happen. It, it happens. So you that's just effort and, and energy, that's stuff you can't you can't give, you can't, I mean, you can't, you can't change, right? So if that's your team's identity, that's your team's identity. I think that's this team's identity is giving effort. Things you can fix though are, you know, defensive schemes, are defensive rotations, stuff that Ohio really took advantage of mm-hmm. today. You can change that. You can scheme for that. You can, a player can get better at that. Um, so the things that, you know, they have already, I'm confident in, they also have a bunch of experience. They mm-hmm. have one of the best you know, top three guard in college basketball in Iowa, who's a better rebounder than he was last year, mm-hmm. is finding people better last year than he was last year, and is shooting better than he was last year. And they have two really good freshmen. Um, I think this team is built for it. Uh, so hopefully I'm not wrong. But I, I'm still confident. Listen, in this team. you don't got to be a Final Four team in November. Got to be a Final Four team in April. <laughs> that's and true. That's all that's I got to say on that. You don't have to be national championship level game three. That's true. Have have has. Your prediction changed. I feel like you're pretty sturdy. In it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I like had them like tenth in my preseason poll, second, yeah. second in the Big Ten. Um, shout out to Josh Peach who texted me after the after they. <laughs> to, I miss Josh. He's gonna be Shout out to Josh who texted me after they beat like North Carolina A and T, who's like number three twelve in Ken Palm. I was like, has your prediction changed? Is was are they better than Wisconsin? <laughs> I was like, Josh, blown out NCAA. Josh, they no. played NCAA. Like I've seen teams at the Arc that could. <laughs> Josh was so funny. He was like, um, he was so happy. He's like, as much as I love covering football, like, it sucks not being able to be a fan sometimes. He's like, I can't wait that I just get to be a fan for basketball, basketball. and Brandon just gets to write everything and I just get to read everything. But I mean, so no, I think this is like a, a really good team and yeah. I just don't, I don't, I don't think they're elite level and I'm not sure they're going to get there. So having like, I knew they'd have up and downs mm-hmm. and. So I'm not, I'm not surprised, but they got to at least – they can't get killed in one of these next two games. They got to put up a fight. But I think they'll do that. They're, they're still a very good team, and yeah. they'll be competitive and still undefeated. So Yeah. Four and Don't Wednesday, have to maybe. win pretty. <laughs> Don't got to win pretty. <laughs> but, yeah, um, that will conclude our episode, obviously, for me, for Gabby, for Brandon, who came on here so graciously on his Friday after working so hard. We appreciate it. Uh, please rate and review us um, yeah, on the Daily Line Out Sports Podcast.